This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. October 1st, 2023. Matthew 21, 23-32. A few years ago, a world-famous basketball player decided that he was going to help start a school, a new type of school, one that would really benefit the students. And this world-famous celebrity wasn't just starting a school like many other celebrities had, some private school. No, he was going to tie it directly with the public school district. Only he was going to enhance it so that the student-to-teacher ratio and many many other aspects of the school were greatly enhanced. And so he poured millions of dollars into his school. And he called it the I Promise School. And of course, a lot of people took him at his word and and praised the idea. And it's definitely a, a commendable idea to try to enhance an area school. But there was one problem. As critics pointed out years later, the school didn't really live up to its hype or its name. The school talked the talk, but when it came down to looking at the results of what happened in the performance of the students, the school unfortunately didn't walk the walk. For example, in the three years after it initially started, when the students were tested for their proficiency in math, they had zero come across as proficient. Not one could pass the math proficiency test. And actually, more recently, test results still indicate that even in some of the crucial categories, such as reading or math, they're still in the bottom 10% across all the districts in the public schools of the state. So much for walking the walk. And once again, it's commendable that someone would want to help with education. The problem that people had, though, was not just that they failed to have a good performance, but that they had boasted so much about how good they would be. When you boast and talk about how good you are, you really have to follow through on that with action. You see, nobody likes a fake. Nobody likes someone who is speaking good and yet ends up being a phony when you look behind the curtain. We don't like to see fake products. We don't don't like to see fake people. There are people who get upset when they look at fake dating profiles and then find the reality. There are people who are upset when they find fake product claims that don't live up to their claims. Nobody likes a fake. What about God? What about the way that we talk about our life or present ourselves before our God? Would we pass any proficiency test before him? Today we look at the word of our God as we see Jesus once again telling us a story. And as we look in Matthew 21, there we see him reminding us how much we need to watch out for spiritual insincerity. There were some people that came to Jesus because they questioned his authenticity. They charged that he was a fake. These were the the teachers and leaders of Israel. As Jesus was teaching, it says in the temple courts, they came to him with a challenge. And the challenge was basically, Jesus, we don't believe you are who you say you are. Tell us, they asked Jesus, by what authority are you doing these things? Of course, Jesus knew 
that they weren't at all concerned about proper authority. They already regarded themselves as the sole authority. But rather, they were presenting Jesus with a challenge because they had decided in their minds already that they wanted Jesus dead. After all, when Jesus rode into the city on Sunday and the crowds proclaimed him as the King and Messiah, they were upset. And when Jesus, on Monday, returned back to the city and overturned the tables of the money changers, they were infuriated. And so they came to him on Tuesday as he's teaching the people with this challenge. But Jesus was aware of their intent. And so he answered their question with another question and said, First, if you can answer my question, I'll answer yours and by what authority I do these things. Tell me, John's baptism, was it from heaven or from men? Jesus wasn't evading their question. No, he was getting to the heart of the matter. They were questioning Jesus' authenticity, his authority. And so Jesus pointed to the, the source of certification and testimony for his authority. His authority, his position had long been asserted as true. The prophets foretold of the one who would come, the Messiah, the Christ. And the prophecies spoke of the one who would come before the Christ to testify about him. That man was John, the forerunner to God's coming Son, the Savior of the world. And John spoke ever so clearly by his preaching and by his baptizing. He pointed the people to Christ. Crowds from all over Judea came to hear John's testimony. And John preached a baptism of repentance for forgiveness. And many sinners, the tax collectors and prostitutes, came to him. And in John, they found a man who pointed to one who was truly and really authentic, the Son of God. As he said, I have seen and I testify that man, Jesus, is the Son of God. And John pointed the crowds to Jesus, saying, Look, the Lamb of God. John testified asserted that Jesus was the one who was promised to come. And he so far asserted the authority of Jesus that he basically said he wasn't even worthy to be a foot washer for someone who was in Jesus' position. But that didn't convince the spiritual leaders. When Jesus asked them the question, it's kind of telling what they do in response. They held a, a brief conference, it says. And they discussed among themselves how they ought to answer. And they said, if we say John is from heaven, then he'll say, why didn't you believe John, who testified about Jesus as the Christ? So they couldn't do that. And if they said John came only by human authority, they were afraid of the crowds because the crowds held John in high esteem as a prophet. The crowds knew John was authentic and really sent from God. But you know, this is what false teachers do. Instead of answering anything they're confronted with on the basis of God's word, they answered on the basis of conference and opinions and the shifting winds around them. Matthew reveals to us just what swayed their decision. It said they were afraid of the crowds. But they were also afraid of the truth. Whenever you want to identify a false teacher, you can see how they operate. 
Look to see where they go for answers. If they have to decide on the basis of the people around them and the crowds who are listening what they're going to say, chances are they're not going to be affirming the word of God. The response to Jesus was the same type of response you see from a politician who doesn't want to offend the people who might be voting for him and who has recently looked at the polls to see his opinion may not be so favorable. And the leaders of Israel, the spiritual leaders answered, we don't know. And this was insincere of them because they already held the opinion that John was merely a man and they held the opinion that they were the only authority. Then Jesus told them, then I'm not going to give you an answer. But he went on to tell them a story. A story which we need to hear today as we consider the dangers of falling into spiritual insincerity, of merely saying the right thing or trying to say the thing that will make you appear good. Jesus tells a story of two sons and the father comes to the first son and says, you, today, go work in my vineyard. And that first son was rebellious. He did not say the right thing. He outright defied his father and said, I will not. But later on, Jesus says that first son repented, changed his mind, and went and worked in his father's vineyard. And then the father said the same thing to the second son. You, today, work in my vineyard. And the second son said, Yes, sir, but didn't do the work his father had asked. Didn't go to work. Which of those two did the will of his father? See, it didn't matter if they said things that made them sound good or appear good in the moment. What mattered was the end result. And only one son, and through repentance, in the end was doing what his father had asked. And Jesus decried the spiritual leaders of the day, showing them and telling them that John the Baptist had tax collectors and prostitutes who were repenting and doing the right thing. But you, even though you saw this, you still did not believe him. You who tried to just say the right things, but refused to repent. You know, sometimes we might identify or know someone who's like that first son. The person who didn't try to play that game of simply saying the right things and, and lived a life in defiance to God. And maybe their life was one where they were living a sexually immoral life. Maybe their life was one where they simply refused to honor God's word and listen to him. But later on, as God came to them and called them to be his own, it caused a change in their hearts and they repented and now they're part of God's kingdom of grace through repentance and through faith, believing the testimony about Jesus. They are forgiven. Thank God that there are people like that in his kingdom, that God's kingdom includes the people who lived a defiant life against God, but by God's grace and through repentance and faith in Jesus belong to him and now with a new and changed heart serve him in his kingdom and faith. That's what God's kingdom is like. But maybe there are also times when you can identify or know someone who belongs to more like the, the category of the second son. 
that person who tries to say the right things and has been working hard at putting on a good show so that people know they belong in God's kingdom. The one who says, yes, sir, who by all accounts appears to be living a good life, or at least that's the way they present themselves to everyone on Sunday morning by what they say and do. They show up, they speak the right words, but then later that week, they fail to do what God asks, or they live a life of immorality and selfishness. Or maybe a person might think that they're doing the right thing as they're speaking against the immorality of the world around them, those sinners out there, and they say, God, I'm affirming your word. I know it's wrong to live that sexually immoral lifestyle or to do those, those horrible things that people are doing. But then, when it comes to what they do with their own time, when the doors are shut, carry out those sinful sexual fantasies and lust in their own heart. Should they be proud and think that they're keeping their father's will because they're putting on a good show? Or what about the Christian who decides that they are going to say yes and they're going to agree to serve God all their life and they, they think because they've been faithfully serving God so long that they're, they're really doing enough, right? There's no no real need for repentance if, if they've been so good. Dare you or I ever think to become like that second son by merely putting on a facade, a f being a phony, a fake in the kingdom of God and thinking we don't need repentance, we don't need to do anything here, we don't need to turn aside from what is wrong as long as we say the right things, as long as we put on a good enough show, as long as we bide the, the winds and the cultures around us so we don't stand out too much. God sees. God knows when not only that second son fails to do the work, but also engages in things that are against his will. God sees the Christian who claims to be serving him all his life and yet fails to do what a Christian ought to do Maybe they say, oh, I'm going to speak against abortion and defend the life of the unborn, but they do nothing to encourage or help that single mother. Whatever small way it is that you have failed to do the will of your Father in heaven, you've done just what that second son has done. And until there's repentance and faith, Jesus warns the person who thinks they're doing the Father's will by an outward facade, he warns by saying, those sinners are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you, really telling the spiritual leaders at that time, you're not in the kingdom of God. There's only one way into God's kingdom. And that way into the kingdom includes repentance and faith. Thank God that the way that we enter his kingdom isn't based off of our performance rating. There is no one, no one who can claim that, unlike the first son, that they never defied their father's will. There's no one who can say they've perfectly said yes to everything God has spoken. And there's no one who can't claim they've done exactly the, the same thing that the second son did, failed to keep the father's will failed to do everything perfectly all the time when he says, today you are to serve me, to fail to serve him in that day. 
but it doesn't depend on our performance. If it did, who could claim to be the perfect obedient son? See, there's, there's only one who is truly authentic before God. There's only one perfect son. Jesus, the son of God. When the spiritual leaders looked at him, they couldn't believe that God's son would come in such a lowly form. But he did. And he came to live the perfect life, keeping the Father's will. Not once did Jesus ever defy the will of the Father. Not once did he ever say, I I cannot do that. But every day, every moment of his life, perfectly said, I've come to do my Father's will. Jesus wasn't a phony or a fake who merely said the right thing. He perfectly, every day, all the time, did exactly what his father desired and kept his father's will, never once needing to repent because he is the holy, perfect Son of God. And he came to this world because of that first and second son, the sinners who have defied God's will and the sinners who don't think that they have kept or think that they've kept the will and don't think they need to repent. He was speaking to those spiritual leaders, calling them to repent. They had not, he said, entered yet the kingdom of God. And yet he spoke. He came for them. He came for you. And he lived the life that we could not live so that we might have that credit account. God's not going to look at your performance rating. He's going to look at his son. And that perfect life of Christ is credited to you. And for all the the times that we failed to keep God's will, there is Jesus, the Messiah, the true one, who in full authenticity said, I will do your will, Father. The Father said to him, be for my people the king that they need, who will fight their battles. Jesus did it. Jesus said to his, the, the Father said to Jesus, the Son, and said, be for the people Be for them the prophet they need who speaks the truth. Jesus came to speak the truth, the word made flesh. And the father told the son, be for the people what they need, the perfect high priest who will offer up that sacrifice for sin. Jesus kept the father's will as he offered up himself as the perfect sacrifice, who John testified to be the lamb of God, taking away the sins of the world. You see, He is the only one who is truly authentic. And only those who are in the kingdom of God looking to Christ are considered true as they are found not in their own perfection, but covered by Christ. This is God's story, the story of his kingdom. Don't try to make it by your own outward show as a fake or a phony. God will see right through that. But rather, rely on Christ and the work that he has done, his perfect performance. The story of God's kingdom is one of spiritual sincerity, which is found in Christ alone.